Uh, right, hello, uh, welcome to today's podcast. My name is Adrian Boothy. I'm the head of trading here at uh, TrendSignal. It's the 22nd of June, 2020, and it is the latest uh, episode of the TrendSignal Trading Podcast. And as ever, uh, I'm joined with uh, Chief Analyst at TrendSignal, Jerry. Hello, Jerry. Hi there. Uh, hello, all. Um, so a, a lot to go through as ever, um, as we continue to move through sort of easing of lockdown measures and so on, stock markets, um, trying to rally, having a good week-ish uh, uh, last week, um, and Trump trying to rally his own troops as well. So uh, let's get on with it. Um, Jerry, why don't you um, kick us off? What's, what, what on earth has been going uh, on? Okay, well, uh, probably best, best looking at what happened last week, but before I do, I should say that uh, um, when I woke up this morning, as I do wake up particularly early, you have a quick review of the news and stuff, and gosh, it felt particularly bearish. Um, there were lots of stats over the weekend, as ever, about the coronavirus, uh, coronavirus um, cases and the spread and all that sort of stuff. And it's pretty shocking numbers. And I think that's one of the reasons why the market sort of opened down. And But they've rallied really sharply. But I'll explain the reason why I was feeling so depressed. We had a report from the World Health Organization saying that there was a record number of new coronaviruses reported over the last day. 183,000 in a, in one day. Uh, and they reckon the global count's going to hit 9 million, uh, whilst the death toll at some stage uh, this week is going to hit half a million. So it's big. By tomorrow, it's, isn't it, did you say? Yeah, 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 I think it is, yeah. Uh, but also, you then had the numbers from the US as well, and they reported their second highest daily total of 27,465. And I know you and I were discussing before we came on air that Trump is blaming the fact that they do so many tests. I think they've done 25 million tests in the States. But the fact is, they're coming up positive with a lot of them. Um, but the highest total, uh, that 27,500, that's up from 21,500 uh, a week ago and 19,300 two weeks ago. So it doesn't, on, on the surface, it doesn't look good news, does it? I'm, I'm, no. I, and, and have your uh, commander in chief's uh, opinion on this being, oh, let's, how can we reduce the numbers? Let's test less people. Let's don't go. test anymore. Find a very big <laughs> bucket of sand, stick your head in it, and just hope it goes away. We can either um, cure people or just test less people. Which yeah, one's easiest? But you see, the problem is they have um, eased the lockdown measures in quite a few of the southern states, and it's the likes of California, Florida, uh, Arizona, Mex uh, um, Texas. You know, these these infection rates, they're not going down. Um, mm. You know, uh, I mean, the only thing in the US favor, I guess, is the, the, the mortality rate at the moment. I think they reported 297 deaths, which is is declining still compared to the previous date at the weekend. Um, but I think I would have thought the assumption probably is that the death rate is a lagging sort of number against the um, uh, infection rate. And you think with the number of people catching it, there are going to be more actual yeah. numbers of critical patients and some of those critical patients inevitably and sadly will die so you you think it was going to go up the um, mortality rate the death rate but uh, that would make sense wouldn't it and yet equity markets they're not they continue to have these little blips down don't they but they yeah. continue to go back up again and yeah. you know obviously this is a, a trading podcast so it's not just about talking about the corona but in terms of the impact on the markets it's just it, it always keeps coming back to tina you know, there is yeah. no alternative because Correct. every Correct. time this market goes down, it just goes straight back up and, again. And, and I know and, it'll probably have a big, a big, um, you know, smelly move down at some point, but it just 
It doesn't, you know, who knows when? Well, I, you know, if you, if you want to have a look at a chart, have a look at the S&Ps, you get that big sell-off, uh, what, 10, 12 days ago, uh, 11 days ago, that was on the Thursday, wasn't it? Um, if you look, see that yeah. big, yeah, that big hoof in Canada, was it? That was... Uh, 1,800 points on the Dow and the S&Ps, you know, that's huge, 1,880 points or whatever it was. Uh, sorry, 1,000, yeah. yeah, 180 points. It's huge, absolutely vast. And of course, it spent the beginning of last week uh, rallying uh, and it did so on the back of some positive news from the Fed who came out. And again, what helps the market? The Federal Reserve, the US government, uh, the Fed announced that they were buying corporate bonds and, you know, all of a sudden it's like, hey, it's okay, they're supporting us. So anyone who's long is thinking, yeah, look, it, it, it sold off, we're back up again. That's uh, it, and it's almost like this sort of element of invincibility with it now. It's almost like, you know, it just doesn't matter because, you know, everyone knows how important the stock market is to America. So they'll just put in some other uh, other policy just to inject some life back into it, even after yeah. some more bad news. So yeah. you sort of wonder how many people are just buying and buying and buying. And if we do have another big wobble like we saw in um, February and March, it could be pretty painful. Well, and you know what? Everyone just expects the Fed and the government to step in and save the day. And they always do. And of course, by pumping more money into the system, all this quantitative easing, uh, whether it be buying sovereign or uh, corporate debt, it puts money into the system. And that's basically, and that money, if you get that money and, and you're not getting a return on it and you get a, a negative return, if you want to put it into bonds or US treasuries, that is, you're going to put it in the stock market. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, but it, as I said, you know, I started off this piece by saying, I felt really depressed and very bearish this morning. It wasn't just the US numbers, Brazil and Mexico, massive hotspots there. You know, the, the numbers in Brazil are, are going through the roof. Mexico, as, as we've said, doesn't have the resources to do enough testing. In fact, their testing regime is, is one of the lowest globally. Uh, and then you've got Beijing, you know, there's a new report of new cases there. We mentioned that this time last week, Adrian, but you know, Companies in China are not trouble, but the reaction by the authorities is quite draconian and they've got some stringent lockdown measures in place. And I'm sure, you know, that's going to be sorting it out there. And Germany, look at Germany, uh, uh, you know, held up as a, a an ideal a way, a country that uh, ideally tackled the uh, coronavirus. But, you know, they've had these um, uh, big localized infection spike in this abattoir. Uh, this meat processing factory where 1,300 of the six and a half or eight and a half thousand workers tested positive. So just it just goes to show you, it's not a second wave, Adrian. I think this is just sort of spikes in the first wave. Uh, and first so wave never really had a chance to sort of finish, did it? No. Because we're I, in I, such a rush to get things going again that yeah, um, yeah. Didn't, didn't have a chance for it to run its natural course. Mm. Yeah. You know, and I think I mean, we've been particularly careful here in the UK. We've got one of the most sort of stringent sort of uh, social distancing measures. The two meter rule is uh, only adopted by, I think, Canada and Denmark, is it? Or maybe Spain, I'm not sure, one of the, one of the it's just two or three countries of which the UK is one of them. Uh, and I think that's something that uh, Boris Johnson is uh, getting briefed on today by his uh, scientific advisors. And I think, uh, and certainly it looks like the two meter rule will probably be amended to one meter this is what i'm hearing with an additional mm. sort of protective measures so a lot more uh, compulsorily compulsory 
wearing of face masks and, and stuff like that. But so that was all the bleak news. And I thought, oh, my God. And then I thought, what well, can be some positive news? And of course, Spain uh, at one stage last week when I was on my one of my runs around the fields here, I was listening to uh, Wake Up to Money and there was a, a Spanish um, foreign minister saying, well, if the UK is going to have this lockdown, this quarantine for 14 days, then we'll have to have it for all the UK nationals. And of course, here we are a few days later, Spain said, no, come come to Spain, it's fine. Uh, they removed the quarantine measures, so uh, we can all go on a holiday in Spain, Adrian. So um, look up that flight, you know, jump on a- I wait, wait to jump in uh, one of those um, aeroplanes with a load of yeah. other people. Brilliant. Yeah, well, well, you're, 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 you'll be social socially distancing by two meters of course you will uh, you have to put your hand well, interestingly it does make you think though if it's only one meter you could perhaps you know mr EasyJet, whatever his name was maybe he's right you could actually just have someone a, a just a gap between each seat mm. yeah. <laughs> Dunno. but i do i do sure think I that's nonsense we're about to hit another heat wave i'm not desperate enough for the spanish sun i think i'll stick with the uk sun for now yeah, I just saw the weather. Especially with my fair there. skin, that's enough for me anyway, before yeah, I break yeah, that's, out. That's, that's 34 degrees, they reckon, in London this week. So, uh, yeah, who, who needs to go to Spain? Well, anyway, if you do yeah, go to Spain, gardens then, back open. that's what we need. Yeah, they, uh, yeah that's uh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, look forward to that. But if you do go to Spain, just remember, when you come back from Spain, you've got to quarantine yourself. So it's, it's not quite so... Uh, straightforward. But I, I, I suspect they'll probably change those measures, Adrian, if um, Spain is uh, allowing us in without quarantining. But uh, um... maybe this is the answer, though, Jerry. Everyone, we come back from the stressful experience of coming back from holiday and traveling home. Everyone always says, oh, I could do with another holiday now. Well, perhaps <laughs> yeah. this is a fine day. <laughs> quarantine home holiday now. Especially, especially if you take your three boys off to some hot climate. <laughs> You'll need a holiday when you get back. <laughs> holiday, a holiday after two weeks at home with the kids as well, to yeah, be fair. Yeah, so uh... a holiday and work, yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, let, let's just have a look at stuff, the actual numbers from last week, because it, it, yeah. it's quite interesting. Um, all the markets, the the main, uh, certainly the Western markets, uh, the likes of FTSE, Dow, S&P, DAX, Nikkei, uh, I say Western, the developed markets, um, all were in recovery mode uh, following that sharp spike, that sharp spike lower that we uh, just talked about in the previous week. Um, that, remember, that was one of the biggest falls that we've seen since mid-March. So you yeah. think there'll be some follow-through? Nothing, none of it, uh, Thanks, thankfully, or thank, thanks to the Fed, who, uh, as I said, came in with that uh, news about buying corporate bonds. But uh, some good retail sales numbers last week. Um, just bringing up the FTSE chart here, and we can see that, you know, we had the big fall on the Thursday, the 11th, then we had the Friday, a big rally there. And then it gapped down a bit like it did this, you know, today, that we had a gap down on the Monday morning and also over from news over the weekend. And you're thinking, oh, my God, but my word, a massive rally Monday and Tuesday, wasn't it? Uh, well, that's because of the Fed market. when they made the announcement on yeah. the Monday. And, and, and it just seemed like it was almost a stitch up. Um, but there you go. That's uh, were the Fed going to make that announcement anyway, or did they bring it forward because of what happened on Thursday, the previous Thursday? My suspicions are they brought it forward. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, it is what it is. But you know, we keep on talking about the dislocation between the markets and the wider economy, and and you know, someone made the, the comment in the workshop this morning and said the market is not the real economy. The market's the market, and to a certain extent, he, that's exactly right. The stock markets 
are stock markets. They're reflecting a, a diverse opinion of views and, and it's based on maybe people taking a view about what they think is going to happen in the next 14, 15 months. Um, you, you just don't know. What's happening now is, is what's happening now, but stock markets are really trying to look forward to what is going to happen. If it's bad news, they'll be selling. If it's positive yeah. news and they think this market is going to be a V-shaped recovery, which still a lot of people do, up she goes. You know. Yeah. So uh, uh, anyway, stocks, we've, we've whittled on about them for a little bit here, but uh, currencies as well. If you want to put up the, um, just put up the euro against the well, dollar. Well, I should say, you mentioned retail sales before I rudely interrupted you, mm. but um, retail sales last week uh, was um, much stronger than expected. Yeah. Uh, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, one, one of the real big uh, surprises, actually, and uh, I, th I think that's just encouraged the market even even more. Uh, as I said, all the good news was really Monday, Tuesday last week, Adrian, and uh, yeah. it all then went a bit pear-shaped towards the end of the week, really. But, uh, you know, I think... Um, Again, that was over concern of the sort of, um, you know, resurgence in the infection rate. But here we are, <laughs> another few days later, and the market's gone and find, found a very, very, very big bu bucket of sand and stuck its head in it again. Um, yes. But, um, anyway, there we go. Um, so currencies, um, dollar, well, uh, uh, you'd expect it to recover some of that lost ground, really, if you want to look at the, um, yeah, you've got the yeah, euro uh, yeah, that's the one I'd be looking at. And you can see big, bigger day today, very uh, um, very much in the longer term, so the medium term trend. So the dollar giving ground back again today, which you sort of expect, really. Um, it was the move last week or uh, over the last sort of six, seven trading days, a, a change in the direction of travel. I doubt it. I, I think the euro or the dollar, more importantly, is probably going to weaken in the medium to longer term. And that, that is part of that trend, I'm, I believe, that we're seeing certainly today. Um, sterling, everyone wants to talk about sterling. Everyone wants to talk it down. Uh, everyone's short, maybe, Adrian. I don't know. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we had that news from the OECD <laughs> that the UK is likely to be one of the hardest hit uh, developed economies uh, with its reliance on services, etc. But uh, you know what? It always seems to outperform analysts uh, sort of views and, and various commentators are always trying to do it in and I uh, altogether uh, agree with them uh, a lot of the time and 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 for a long for quite some time I saw quite a positive um, sort of slant on things in the FT uh, saying there were positive developments regarding the EU uh, UK Brexit talks which I think may put the, some of the shine back on the currency and certainly today uh, we've certainly raised all Friday's losses haven't we yeah yeah absolutely um and, and you know obviously it, <clears throat> as you said earlier we're sort of easing lockdown measures at a, at a reasonable rate uh really yeah. in the uk so we're, yeah. we're getting things back open but we're doing it sensibly um so that we can try and stave off a you know big deep second wave um so hopefully we should be you know on for the longer term um yeah. I, I mean all of this does depend on uh, everyone's got a personal responsible got to be personally responsible for being as safe as possible and i still know some people who just said oh, i don't care what they say we can do i'm not going to a restaurant and i'm not going to a cinema and i'm not going to sit in a hairdresser and have my hair cut or whatever <laughs> and, yeah. and you know that's that's the way it is dentist as well gosh you know how can you how can you go to a dentist safely i mean who'd want to be a dentist for god's sake 
Yeah, you'd be uh, tooled up like you're working in a nuclear power plant, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'd, I'd be wearing a hazmat suit. You probably wouldn't be able to see or hear me if you went to my <laughs> dentist. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, I think the easing of the lockdown measures, I think, um, well, that we're speculating at being um, announced tomorrow. Obviously, that's not going to be reflected in the numbers um, this uh, this week, which are, you know, all these uh, PMI data. I'll talk about that in a second. But, you know, that's obviously telling us what was happening last month. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not such a bear on Sterling or the UK um, uh, position. Um, it's bad, but it's no worse, really, I believe, than uh, most of continental Europe. There we go. There's my yeah. flag waving for the uh, for the day, Adam. Go on, Blighty. Um, and what about the commodities uh, then, Jerry? So pretty flat on gold. Um, strong on oils, though. Well, yeah. Well, actually, gold's quite interesting. Gold sort of uh, say flat, strong today. Breaking yeah, it out, is. Sure. It is. Well, gold. Gold. If you look at where it closed on Friday, although it wasn't up a lot, it was like nine bucks up on the month, uh, up on the week. Sorry, but which is what, less than half a percent. But it's. Um, it opened strongly today, then sold off because I thought, what's this all about? But this seems to have been a, another fresh wave of buying, partly because um, the dollar's weakened. The dollar strengthened last week and still gold did all right. Normally, a dollar-based commodity, when the dollar's strong, you'd expect it to be under pressure. It wasn't. So um, look at what we're doing here. This could be the highest close for a long, long time. Absolutely. That's exactly what I was about to say, because we sort of rejected that sort of 1750 level a number of times. So uh, back in the mid mid May, uh, three mm. times it had a little little poke above there. But mm. yeah, it's be interesting to see what happens up here. It, carry, it should probably carry on um, if we believe chart patterns and breakouts and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, well, you, you, you've got to go back a long way now uh, to, um, to to see prices at these sort of levels. I, I say you've got to go back a long way. I mean, we're, um, let's have a look on the, I'm just looking at my own charts. You could look at on the weekly on yours, Adrian, actually, that um, everyone's looking at. Yeah, big sort of number 2012, um, yeah. you know, around that, you know, just, just shy of where we are now. Um, sort of 1780 level, so we're not a million miles away from a potentially quite a big resistance level there. Yeah, seven so, years and you know, nine yeah. months ago, it's uh, quite interesting. I, I'm not a big fan, um, but you know, it's a combination of safe haven buying, weaker dollar this morning. Um, um, anyway, I don't think it's a great argument for gold at this stage, but uh, you can't buck what the market's telling you, that's for sure. But gold, uh, oil is, is, again, the interesting one. Uh, if you want to flick back to uh, maybe the daily on... Um, yeah, um, yes, the daily, good point. Um, so um, yeah. I've got Nymex on here, um, but we can look at uh, Brent as well. Yeah, so uh, Nymex or you, uh, okay, that's UK oil. So pretty much the same. Um, you know, we're, we're recovering a lot of those sort of precipitous losses that the market experienced when uh, someone pulled the plug out of the oil bath uh, as it disappeared down the plug hole. Uh, but here we are, um, back up at 42, 43 bucks, um, yep. a relentless move higher. Any short positions are obviously very much against the, sen the sentiment at the moment, which is very, very positive. And I get asked, you know, why is it going up? Well, 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 why is all the demand coming from? I remember, like stock markets, they're anticipating demand. Remember, you know, there's a lot of oil, uh, US production that has basically fallen off uh, as uh, a lot of uh, producers uh, have struggled to keep wells open. They're not, you know, opening up new wells, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, and, 
you know, the market, as I said, you look at the rebound in the stock markets, uh, recovery in economic activity is mm. suggested by the markets, which is good for oil, you know. Yeah, simple, simple as that really, isn't it? But, Let's but, face it. But, but, you know, you, you could come back with a question, of course, you know, will the oil price uh, sort of price in the increasing risk of a likelihood of a lot of these lockdown measures being tightened again, i.e., if the infection rate continues to build in the US and a lot of these states, will they start to um, tighten things up again, which would be negative for oil as people just stop getting in their cars, lorries stop delivering so much stuff. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. look at Apple. Apple started to shut down a lot of its stores in the US again because of the increase um, in the infection rate. It's, you'd expect that, but Mr. Trump's just saying different things. <laughs> As he does, and of course, <clears throat> he does. he's sort of um, trying to turn it up a bit as he gets some um, closer uh, to his. Um, well, what is it? The election November, uh, isn't November, it? November, yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah and he's yeah, still flagging in the polls, uh, isn't he? So there's still a bit going on, going on there. And there's a uh, John Bolton's book, which wasn't particularly positive uh, about him, was it, Jerry? Uh, no, it's a bit weird because you know he was in government, uh, as we all know, and so he's a Republican. Uh, and he's written this book, The Room Where It Happened, which is sort of accusing Trump of all sorts of things. And uh, it almost looks like it's been written by a Democrat, uh, someone in the opposition party rather than one of, one of their own. Uh, and there's all sorts of uh, allegations. It sort of, you know, it started with um, uh, pushing uh, Xi Jinping, the, the Chinese leader, to buy more US farm goods. Do you think, well, is that a bad thing? but it's farm goods from all these swing states where Trump really wants to make a difference. He wants to be able to go on an election rally in Oklahoma or Tennessee or uh, wherever, uh, wherever uh, you know, in the Midwest uh, and say, look what I've done. I've got, I, the, we're, America's getting great again. They're all buying our uh, farm, you know, all our grain and all this sort of stuff. But anyway, so Bolton has rather uh, exposed that one for what it is. Um, Anyway, um, but yeah, other 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 things also happening. Uh, I think um, um, he, he's not really played the race card particularly well. I'm not saying he's a racist, but I think it does look like he hasn't wholeheartedly supported uh, the, the racial um, the, the the question mark over all these racial uh, injustices, and uh, um, uh, I think he's also hasn't done particularly well with this coronavirus epidemic as we know it and we've been talking about that for a long time but uh, mm -hmm. it looks poorly managed it looks a little bit head in the sand and uh, you know he's what he's trying to do because he, he he's absolutely fixated with the stock market if the stock market does well he'll do well anything he can do to push the stock market up by bullying Jay Powell at the Federal Reserve or um, just talking it up uh, by uh, um, releasing, you know, un easing the lockdown measures and making sure that the economy can do as well as possible, even at the risk of everyone's health, which is just weird. Uh, anyway, but uh, anyway, so you, you, you've got him struggling in the polls. Um, I was looking at the polar polls this morning. Um, they're not, I think the last one that was published was uh, on Thursday or Friday, uh, and it was giving Biden sort of anywhere between eight and 10 point lead over um, uh, Donald Trump. Uh, but Biden's kept very, very quiet. He hasn't had many press conferences for quite some time. Uh, and maybe his strategists have realized 
You don't have to do anything. Let Donald Trump yeah. dig his own grave. Himself implied. Yeah, bit. I think so. Um, yeah, so um, I, I guess a lot of Americans are looking at Donald Trump, looking at Joe Biden. Of course, Joe Biden actually hasn't necessarily got the... Um, I think has he got has he got the um, ticket? He probably has by now anyway. So he's got to choose his running mate. And that's his next big decision. He's got there's a big um, pressure on him to choose a black candidate, of course, which is something that will probably happen, which will be fine. Um, but I think Americans are just wondering whether they want another four years of Donald Trump, you know, the maverick president. Um, yeah. Think, uh, do we want another four years of his tweets affecting the market? Probably do that. I've pushed a button on my phone as I do, and I haven't realised what I've done. But now I'm getting woken up with tweets. Even if I've closed Twitter down, I get these tweets about from Donald Trump, and it just sets me going. And I can't go to sleep after reading them, which is such a pain in the ass. <laughs> and you might say, "Well, don't have your phone near you." But yeah, that's that's my next. Uh, There's got to be an easier way. But we'll, yeah, we'll let's talk off air and we'll get that sorted for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it, but it, but it's interesting because Trump, you know, he's always been referring to Joe Biden because Joe Biden's what seventy eight is he, and Trump's what seventy three. Uh, Biden, you know, he's going to be eighty two. Is he going to have a second term if he is elected? Ah, oh, she's going to be a right oldie by the time. I, I'm not being ageist here, but it is quite an age, you know. I don't many know many people who could shoulder those sort of responsibilities. But um, so Trump it makes the mockery of the um, sort of enforced retirement ages, doesn't it? When they're sort of trying to put people out to pasture just because yeah. they're a certain age. You know, you've got the people yeah. running the country are significantly older. Yeah, yeah and the finest minds in the world, and it's like Warren, Warren Buffett, who's 89, the, the, the second richest person in the U.S. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, running um, Berkshire Hathaway, just extraordinary. But yeah, just uh, it's not a barrier. At least it doesn't seem to be. Anyway, so Trump, yeah, you know, he, I was going to mention Greenspan, but of course, um, his his last few years probably weren't that um, successful, were they? Maybe no, no, he should, no, maybe they he weren't. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I think that was the feeling at the time. Yeah. Uh, so so Joe Biden, Sleepy Joe, that's what Trump calls him. But uh, um, if he is sleepy, and um, you know, with the way um the polls are turning out you'd wonder whether trump's gone a bit comatose clearly he hasn't because he's trying to make as much as he can but you know that um, um gathering uh, the, the um what do they call it his road show election um, do in uh, tulsa you know he was supposed to get nineteen thousand people it's not a big uh, event but in the end i think he only got something like nine thousand. he's blamed all sorts of things for uh, the fact that not many people turned up but I think he's struggling, Aid. That's it. We'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Yeah, time will tell. Um, yeah. Okay, anything else to um, quickly cover off on before we look at the events for the week ahead? Uh, we could talk for hours about everything, Adrian, but um, no, um, not really. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, let's let's get on to the calendar. Let's do that. Okay, so <clears throat> I'm just looking at the Forex Factory calendar on here. It is a relatively quiet week um, this week. Uh, only, if you look at the calendar here, there's only a handful of uh, red uh, high impact numbers. Jerry, do you want to take us through the highlights? Uh, yeah, it's always curious when um, Forex Factory, which is it's, it's well laid out and it you know explains it quite clearly, but it, their wisdom, the way they change them from high impact to medium impact. I mean, certainly I would regard manufacturing and services data in the Eurozone and the UK and the US as 
high impact. There you go. That's, that's in my point. Um, of course, they have highlighted some of them as being um, high impact, uh, French and German services manufacturing data, uh, but nothing um, today really, Adrian, just so make it very, very clear. Central bankers uh, are talking all the time. Um, a lot of people sometimes refer to this as fluff, uh, and it is often mm. trying to sort of cushion the markets and just give them lots of platitudes. Um, uh, so we don't tend to spend too much time listening to certainly um, um, governors from uh, the Aussie, uh, Reserve Bank of Australia and um, Bank of Canada. It doesn't make a big deal, really. Uh, but certainly Tuesday, tomorrow, um, services um, manufacturing PMI. Um, remember where the PMIs work, Adrian, that, that this is a survey of the purchasing managers. Uh, and if um, more than half uh, are positive, uh, that means basically the sector is expanding. Less than half means it's contracting. So as you can see, the numbers here, uh, they are um, still negative not as negative, so a decent mm. pickup. Um, it's the flash uh, manufacturing and services numbers for the whole of the Eurozone that you can see uh, down at the bottom. That's the ones, yep. So 39.4 last month, uh, 43.8, that's a pickup. And mm. everyone would say, wow, that's encouraging. And of course it is, and remember they're ahead of us as well uh, in the in the Eurozone. They've uh, uh, couple, two or three weeks ago. Yeah, a couple of weeks, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, so is it is it good? It is good, um, but it's still contracting. Though both the manufacturing and services sector, which make up the whole economy, um, uh, they're both contracting. So uh, that's not good news. Uh, but it's encouraging news at the fact that they are starting to improve. And then you've got the sterling ones, uh, sorry, UK ones as well, Adrian, which you just highlighted. Yeah. Well, blow me down. We're not doing that badly either. Forty-five point yeah. two. Well, I say, blow me down. Uh, these are. Um, what we call consensus or forecast. Yeah. So we're not uh, we're over that line just yet, but I don't see why we shouldn't be doing um, as well. Um, uh, I think, um, you know, there's a lot of pent up demand, I believe. I think a lot of people who've been stuck at home, haven't been spending any money. There's a lot of people that want to spend a lot of money. Mm. Uh, I, uh, and uh, I'd, I'd love to push the fast forward button and see how well it does recover. But uh, so interesting. Well, again, I, I was driving along uh, to drop my child off at preschool this morning, and uh, every man, every man and their dog seems to be getting their driveway done at the moment. So people are people are spending somehow. Oh, sure. I, I've eventually got a replacement for my worn-out freezer. Haven't been able to buy a freezer. God. <laughs> Charcoal for your barbecue, barbecues. What, what are you saying? Um, hot tubs, decking, uh, yeah. you name it. You can't get it for love nor money. Yeah, Bikes. Absolutely. Can you buy a bike? There's not one bike available anywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, well, if you're selling bikes, grab it while you can, because eventually absolutely. we'll all say, no, nah, I don't need that bike. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe Mike Ashley was right. Uh, was it five years ago when he bought that failing uh, bicycle retailing company? Uh, Evans, wasn't it? it? Yeah, Evans Cycles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Gordon I think. Um, yeah. Well, he's bought enough retailers. They're not all. Uh, he's got to get one right, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's a bit of a scattergun approach. I wouldn't praise him too much, Adrian. Uh, I'm certainly not. Um, okay, Wednesday, um, uh, New Zealand uh, official uh, reserve bank um, interest rates. Yep. Yeah, nothing, nothing there really. The resource currencies have done really well, Adrian. If you look at any mm. 
yeah, Aussie dollar, New Zealand dollar against the dollar. They have been performing so well after a catastrophic dip in March. Gosh, it looks. We so looked bad. at those, and they're they're all sort of flying back above where, way above where they were. If you look at the likes of Aussie yeah. dollar, yeah. So Aussie yeah. dollar, okay, that's about yeah. where it was on its peak uh, at the yeah. beginning of the year. But some of these other currencies, you know, they're way ahead for the uh, for for, for mm. the sort of the February sort of mm. peak there. Mm. Aussie Swiss, Aussie CAD, look at that. I, I think it's a combination of lots of things. I think certainly they've managed to deal with the pandemic a lot more effectively, partly because of the fact that they are more isolated than um, a sort of cosmopolitan uh, centre like London and, and the UK within the Euro, uh, within Europe. Um, but, you know, they've done it, apart from the fact that it has, uh, we've seen a spike in infections in Queensland and Brisbane. Uh, but... That, that's part of the reason, and, and obviously um, commodity prices have jumped back up again. So, you know, despite the fact that Australia is having a, quite a big political spat with China, one its biggest trading partner, uh, Aussie dollars held in there. It's extraordinary. Um, I take my hat off to them. Anyway, we're not expecting anything from uh, the Reserve Bank of New Zealand, so uh, uh, rates stay on hold at uh, a quarter of a percent. Um, Okie dokie. And then Thursday? Well, Thursday, Friday, there's a bank holiday in China. People ask me, is it, it's a, it's a bank holiday in China that relevant to us? And I'd say uh, that the Chinese markets are, are influencing and setting the tone. So you've got the US market shut and then in the evening, you know, midnight time, Far East markets and then eventually China opens up and, and it can set the tone overnight, which then affects our markets the following morning. You know, we'll be start to talk about it before the market opens. Well, the CSI is down this or up that, and it does affect us. So if the markets, if they are on holiday, it's a bit like when the US are on holiday, it means there's less volatility or less sort of impetus uh, first thing in the morning. So mm. uh, anyway, that, that's my reading with um, bank holidays in China. Um, we have got uh, durable goods. Again, this always used to be a high impact. It's uh, an important number. Um, it's the core durable goods that we look at, Adrian, which excludes some of the big ticket items. And someone said to me, what are the big ticket items? I said aeroplanes normally, but no one's buying any aeroplanes. Um, but um, uh, there is a big difference between, maybe there are a few aeroplanes going through. Maybe there's a few ships being sold or something. But anyway, 2.5% uh, is the number a lot better than the horrendous number the previous month. 7.7% fall. Shocking, 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 shocking. Um, so that's durable goods, uh, 1.30 on Thursday. Uh, and the other thing, yeah, you've nailed it. It's uh, something that we've never, people never really looked at before this all uh, went into free fall in the, um, following the pandemic, um, global pandemic. Initial claims were just sort of not really sort of looked at at all, just the monthly numbers, that the non-farm payroll, but these weekly unemployment claims, um, and it's, they've been persistently high, and they, the, the market has constantly overestimated the, 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 the improvement. And last week, we got, what, 1.5 million, we're expecting 1.35 yeah. million, and this week, it's, what, 1.3 million is the consensus? Let's see how it goes, but, um, you know, as, as ever, the numbers are worse than the market's sort of expecting, but the market still does well. So there you go. Does it matter? It's an interesting data here. I mean, obviously, this is always going to be a positive number because it's the number of individuals who filed for unemployment insurance for the mm. first time. Mm. But of course, it's not a net number. That that would kind of be more interesting now to see if whether some of these people are, you know, getting jobs again. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. So 
well, this is the reason why it can be a mis bit misleading to click on the graph on the left hand, on the right hand side, Adrian. You see, you, you could add up all those numbers and think, gosh, so there's one week of three and a half, then six, yeah. and then six, and you add it all up, and it comes to sort of forty odd million or more. Uh, and those are the claims. But as you quite rightly said, a lot of those people have gone back to work. Yeah, you'd hope. Well, I'm, I know they have, uh, quite a few of yeah. them have, but uh, it's still a problem, the fact that people are still filing for initial claims. So uh, uh, those, aren't, those aren't people who uh, um, had been claiming, gone back to work, and then you know, suddenly decided not to be unemployed again. It's, um, it is a problem. Big thing's gonna happen when all these um, state aid, you know, the support, the furloughing of workers runs oh, its gotcha. course. Yeah. Yeah, and that ain't gonna, we're going to see that in October, Adrian, not in uh, not in June or July. Yeah, that could be a bit smelly. Having said that, um, you know, there are people, um, quite a lot of people who are, even though the furloughing system's in place, um, are still being, you know, let go now. Um, my sister being one of them. Um, okay. So, you, you know, even though it's not necessarily costing uh, the company anything just to keep them on, they're like, I guess they're thinking, mm. well, why delay the inevitable? Let's mm. you know, do, do it now. And, and of course, actually, by, by doing it now instead of October and September, she uh, they managed to let her go before she's been there for two years, which is interesting. So, yeah, that's a bit cynical. Interesting. Um, I, I, I would say that there are a few companies um, that have also decided to pay back some of the uh, furlough costs that they've received from HMRC, uh, i.e. The, the furlough scheme. Uh, and you think about it, oh, golly, that's really kind, you know, that's uh, that, that, to be doing that. But then you find out that it, it, it politically it would be impossible for them to pay bonuses and dividends to their shareholders whilst also accepting <laughs> handouts. And so by a little cynical hat on yeah, a PR I, disaster. I, I really think they're engineering something else, not necessarily uh, being altruistic uh, towards our um, Her Majesty's government, but um, that's me, just slightly <laughs> cynical. Um, that's that's that. that's a six-year-old uh, being cynical. Apologies. Yeah. For that um, uh, and, okay, and then the, the last thing, because we'll uh, we'll cut off um, pretty much. Yeah, here. the revised UOM, the um, University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Number, um, even better um, uh, revision from seventy-eight point nine to seventy-nine If the consumer's happy, the markets will be happy because the consumers are happy. They spend. If they spend, companies make more money. If they make more money, stock price goes up. There you go. <laughs> That's it, Adam. That's it. That's it. I everybody wrote that down. That was good. Um, <laughs> Well, that's pretty much it um, for this week's podcast. Thank you for that, Jerry, um, as ever. Um, now, this week, we do have a few events uh, live this week um, where we're going through some strategies, how we apply our techniques uh, into the live market. So if you'd like to come along um, and attend one of our live trading webinars, you'd be more than welcome. Uh, you have to come to our website, though, to do it. And we've, got, we've done a short link for your convenience. If you're seeing it on screen, you can sort of read it for yourselves. But I'll read it out if you're just listening to us. So bit.ly, so bit.ly slash learn ts so bit.ly slash learn ts uh, you can register for one of our events and we'll teach you uh, the three simple steps for identifying turning points in the market to help you to pick up some great trades so if you'd like to come along get yourself uh, get your name down and we'd love to see you online for that but otherwise um, we'll see you again this time next week uh, for another trend signal trading podcast uh, so keep the risk uh, tight everybody and hopefully you'll have a great week trading and bye-bye for now bye now